When you overthink and under faith your next move, you get cold feet. Now, the other uh, expression that we often use having to do with feet and water is get your feet wet. Sometimes we have cold feet. Sometimes we get our feet wet. It means that we need to get started on something. We need to experience something, maybe for the first time. You might tell a, a child of yours who just uh, took a new job, I'm confident that you'll do a good job once you get your feet wet. And we've all said that. We all know what that means. And that expression, get your feet wet, actually goes back to the Renaissance period. Uh, John Lilly wrote this. He's a playwright back in the Renaissance period. He wrote, I resemble those that having once wet their feet care not how deep they wade. Now what he was saying there is getting your feet wet some, somehow gives you the courage to continue. I'll say it again. I resemble those that having once wet their feet care not how deep they wade. But actually, that expression, getting your feet wet, goes further back than the Renaissance. That idiom that we use here in America goes all the way back to this book, to Joshua. And that's the story that we want to look at this morning. A story of how God's people didn't chicken out. They had to get their feet wet, and they moved forward to where God was calling them. Joshua 3. Let me give you just a little background before we read it. We're going to read the whole chapter. People of Israel have been wandering in the wilderness for how many years? 40. 40 years. They're waiting for the go-ahead from God to enter this land that they've been promised, flowing with milk and honey. And in that 40 years, their leader Moses died, and Joshua was now at the helm. And God said to Joshua, in effect, okay, Josh, you're the man. You're the one that's going to lead my people into the promised land. So what did Joshua do? He sent out some spies to Jericho to scope out the scene, as it were, and to begin to make plans to move forward. They arrived at the Jordan River, which represented something of an impasse, you could say. They camped there for several nights, three nights to be exact. And that's when God spoke to Joshua and spoke to the people through Joshua, their leader, and prepared them to experience this magnificent miracle that we're going to read about. Now, it's very similar to a miracle that God did previously under a different generation, with Moses parting the Red Sea. So this is not the first time God has come through for his people by parting the impasse, the water. I don't know what the water represents in your life, but as we move into 2022, I believe God is calling us into something new. You as an individual, corporately as a church, and we have a choice. And probably we're going to have cold feet. 
Because God always takes us out of our comfort zone. And there's water in front of us, symbolically. We're at an impasse. And I believe today we can learn how to step out in faith through that impasse into where God's calling us. Okay, Joshua chapter 3. We're going to read the whole uh, chapter here. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan. Interesting name, Shittim. It's plural for the Hebrew word Shittah, which actually means wood, or more specifically, acacia wood. So it's what I would call a logging community. Of course, being from Forks, I would think that, right? But they set out and they went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing it. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. We've never lived in 2022 before. We don't know what it's going to bring. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Don't go near it. And Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Get ready. Get ready for your miracle by consecrating yourself. I think that's what Gia did this morning. In the water of baptism, she was setting herself apart for what God has planned for that young lady. Amazing things. Verse 6, Joshua said to the people, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And so they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Get your feet wet. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hevites, the Perizzites, all those ites. And verse 11 says, See the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Remember that. The presence of God always goes ahead of you. Isaiah, one of my favorite, favorite verses is, he will go before you and make the crooked places straight. He's ahead of you, friends. He is already in your future. See, God is not limited to time or space. We think, man, I sure hope God is in my tomorrow. Hey, friends, God's already in your tomorrow. Because he doesn't live in today and then tomorrow. He is always there for us. He has gone ahead of us. So he instructs to Joshua, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters 
flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. But notice they had to put their feet in the water. They had to get their feet wet. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, a miracle happened. Hallelujah. The water from the upstream stopped flowing. It picked, piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zerathon, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arab, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, and the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan, stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that is anointed by your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit now anoint our ears to hear what you would say to us as individual believers about the river that we face. Give us the courage to dip our foot into the river and expect a miracle that you will make a way where there seems to be no way and you will carry us into our promised land of 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, some lessons we can learn from the story. Because I think we do often find ourselves in similar situations. <laughs> you know, you can see from here where you need to be in your life, in your ministry, in your marriage, on your job. But there's something in your way, a raging river. The promised land is in sight for us, but it's just beyond our reach. And we say, how do we get there? <laughs> I know what Moses would have done. I know what Joshua did, but what, what holds me back? If you want to move forward in faith in 2022, in your relationships, in your ministry, in your vision for tomorrow, and what you know your life can become, I think today's message will help you. Three things. They're on the back of your program. You can find them at wfa.church. Go to the live stream. All the notes are there. And we're glad to have all of our live stream people with us. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Three things. Number one, notice that Joshua put together a plan. And you and I need to put together a plan. Can't just sit back and expect something to happen. God has given us intellect. He's given us the anointing of the Spirit. He's given us counselors. He's given us our creativity. We need to put together a plan. If you want to buy a house this year, you need a plan. If you want to start a Bible study in your home, you need a plan. You've got to do what Joshua did. Begin scratching out a strategy for what you'll do. Not only when you get to the Jordan, but once you get beyond the Jordan. Why do you think Joshua sent spies in? <laughs> they had yet to cross the Jordan. It's because he was already thinking ahead. 
He's already thinking about how we're going to take that city once we get over there. If you read carefully, that's where you'll see the officers went through the camps. Verse number two, giving orders to people. These weren't just haphazard orders. You know, how to line up, how to position themselves, how far they're supposed to be from the Ark of the Covenant. Those were just random thoughts those officers had. They were part of a plan that Joshua had put together. So friends, you and I need to strategically put together a plan. Adrian's not going to just all of a sudden wake up one morning and be in Belgium. (laughs) She's got a plan in place. How much she needs to raise in finances. What she has to do to get the proper documentation to get to the country. Where she's going to live once she gets in the country. Who her support team will be. We've got to put together a plan. It's important, friends. Please note Joshua wasn't just making this up as he went along. Now, he was being led by the Spirit, but being led by the Spirit doesn't mean that you're just clueless and you're just kind of like a, a stick, you know, that is, is subject to the current of the river. Because then you'll be washed away, you'll go from shore to shore, you'll, you'll go wherever the, the current's taking you. The Holy Spirit directs our paths through the plan that God gives us. Now, sometimes he diverts our plan, as he did with Adrian. She was on her way to France. She ended up in Belgium. But you see, (laughs) that's where the trust issue comes in. Don't lean on your understanding. Trust the Lord. Know that he is directing your path. So as we put together and develop a plan for what the future might be like, we're not just pulling ideas out of the air. Man, we're praying, we're fasting, we're asking God, what is it? When we were making preparations to build this sanctuary, we just didn't hire a contractor to come in and start building. (laughs) There was a plan. Before the architect ever developed blueprints, there was a series of meetings and field trips to Spokane and Yakima and Tacoma, to look at other buildings, to ask the Lord, man, what do we need in Wenatchee? That's the same kind of strategy that we need for where God's taking us. Just as God promised the people of Israel this glorious promised land, this inheritance, he has promised you and I a life of abundance, a life of joy, a life of purpose, a life of fulfillment. A life of power and victory. That's what God wants for us. But it's up to us to say, okay, Lord, show me how to get there. Show me how to, what do I need to do to experience the fullness of your presence in my life? And he might say, man, you need to give up some of these habits. Man, you need to rearrange your priorities. Man, you need to spend more time in prayer. Man, you need to do this or that. He'll give you The plan. There's power, friends, in asking, you know, the the question, what if? God speaks his promises to us through his word. And then so often he gives us direction through wise counsel. I am a great believer in the wisdom that comes from the counsel 
of many people. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. I had to draft a letter this week. I drafted it. I slept on it. I made a second draft. And then I sent it to the vice chairman of our board, Steve Ressert. And I said, Steve, I just want your input on this. Now, you'd think after 35 years, your pastor could write a letter, right? Well, I could, but I wanted the letter to really reflect the heart of our church. I, I wanted the letter to be the, the very best it could be, and I thought, there are people around me that can help me refine it. Proverbs, without counsel, plans fail, but with advisors, they succeed. It's okay to ask for advice. Get advice when you're planning things. Let the leaders in your life help you plan the next steps that you need to take. I believe God speaks through others. I personally would never make a major decision without contacting my pastor, Don Ross, and saying, Pastor, what, 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 what's your take on this? I just wouldn't want to do anything without at least having his input. See, there's power in that. We tend to get cold feet when we come to an impasse. Our Red Sea or our Jordan River or a Philistine giant or a major problem that confronts us. But when it happens to us, friends, don't give in to the temptation to do nothing. That's where Satan would want you to be paralyzed with fear. But get into the word. Listen to counsel. Explore all the possibilities. Stretch your faith. Start putting together a plan. Now part of putting together a plan involves the second step I want to talk about this morning. And that is prepare yourself spiritually. That's so important. It's important because we've got precedent here. Look back at verse 5 of Joshua 3. Joshua told the people, before he even said, put your foot in the water, he told them, consecrate yourselves. Prepare yourself spiritually. Man, you don't want to go to battle on your own strength. Well, I love that word consecrate. We don't use it too often. It's kind of a, an older word. It means to set something aside for a specific purpose. Set something aside for a specific purpose. And in this case, and in the context of my teaching to you this morning, that something is you. It's not an item. I have a stole that was given to me that symbolically represents my ordination. I get that stole out sometimes on special occasions. But, but I don't wear that stole weekly or monthly. It's like most of us probably have a set of dishes that you don't use every day. Maybe you use them on Easter, Thanksgiving, Maybe when someone's coming over, but you don't microwave food on them and use them in front of the TV. You know what I'm saying? That's the idea of consecration. 
And to consecrate yourself means that you say to the Lord, Jesus, I want to set myself apart to be used for your purposes, for the very best occasions. <laughs> and may these occasions begin happening every day in my life. Notice Joshua said, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. That's not necessarily a literal tomorrow. I don't know when your tomorrow might be. But God wants to do some amazing things in your life. Oh, it might be a few weeks from now. It might be a few months from now. It might be tomorrow. It could be today. It just means in the future. It means it's on the way. It's on the way. God's preparing to do amazing things in your life, which is why you want to set yourself aside and consecrate yourself. You want to have a plan. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. So friends, I just want to encourage you every day to make it a point to prepare yourself spiritually for the life that God has promised you because it's the best life imaginable. Get under where God is blessing. Don't just stand on the sidelines and say, God, come over here and bless me. Consecrate yourself. Get under where God can bless you with his presence, his peace, his joy. Now, to get to the point where we're ready to move, we're ready to get our feet wet, because that's what we're talking about, we have to have a plan we have to consecrate ourselves spiritually. And thirdly, you got to take the first step. And that's probably the scariest. But it's my favorite part of the story. Because it shows us that the life of faith is more doable than we imagine it to be. Because it's only one step. Just one step. Verse 8 when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. And then verse 13 says, as soon as the priest set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. What happened? Verse 16 says, the water from upstream stopped. It piled up in a heap. And all it took was one step. As soon as their feet touch the water. Sometimes we think we have to go in way over our head. Think, man, we just can't take that giant step. We might drown. No, the Bible doesn't say that you've got to take five steps. It simply says take that first step. Man, for some of you that want to be more faithful in giving... You know, it's not about emptying out your savings account and giving it all to the Lord. It begins with a small step. We all want to give a tithe, 10%. Man, that might be huge in your mind and your budget. So just take a small step. Start giving 5%. You know, just give what you can. But start. Take the first step. As Paul said... 1 Corinthians, set aside a sum of money each week in keeping with your income. And when you take these first small steps in the giving lifestyle, God begins to bless you. And as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 
as you sow generously, you reap generously. And pretty soon you'll be giving even more than your tithe. But you got to take the first step. We have a lady in our church who does a Bible study actually on the phone. It's not even Zoom. It's on the phone with another lady who lives out of state. And I was thinking about that. You know, I'm sure that the lady here in Wenatchee would love to have her house full of 12 different ladies studying the Bible, but it's really not possible right now. But she's doing what she can. She's connecting every week with somebody on the phone studying the Bible. She's taking that small step, and I pray that God will bless her abundantly, and I know God will. And you don't have to go in over your head. Satan will try to scare you. <laughs> All you have to do is be willing to get your feet wet. Not even your knees, just your feet. <laughs> I remember I was a teenager back when Neil Armstrong took that first step on the surface of the moon. I remember watching it on television with my father. And I remember, and we've heard it so often through the years, as he stepped out of that space capsule onto the moon and he said, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And I'm here today to tell you that the words, not of Neil Armstrong, but the words of God Almighty <laughs> is also true in our spiritual life. One small step of faith, one small step of obedience is actually a giant step forward in your Christian walk. Man, when you take those first steps, the ones that just get your feet a little bit wet, man, God begins working in your life. He begins moving in your direction. And with that first step, God makes it plain and makes it possible for you to take the second step and then the third step until the water around you begins to pile up. You know, God's gracious in a lot of different ways, and I think God is gracious that sometimes he doesn't show us our future. He just asks us to take one step where we can gain that courage and the faith and the ability to trust in him. I love this quote from Mark Batterson. If you're taking notes, write this down. Mark Batterson said it this way, if you want God to do the super, you must be willing to do the natural. If you want God to do the super, you must be willing to do the natural. And Joshua and the children of Israel weren't just automatically transported across the river. They didn't just have a prayer meeting and then say amen and open their eyes and they were on the other side. No. God did the super, but they had to do the natural. They had to have a plan. They had to consecrate themselves and prepare themselves spiritually. And then they had to take first step. Just as Gia has taken a wonderful first step to an abundant life in Christ, 
What is God calling you to do? What is that first step God wants you to do? In reconciling that relationship? In that ministry area that you have just wrestled with for months or maybe years? In that business plan that God gave to you? What is it God has shown you is your promised land? And what is your impasse? What is your Jordan River? We all find ourselves standing on the banks of the Jordan with no easy way across. <laughs> you see the milk and honey on the other side, but you also see the raging water that runs between you and the life that God has for you. But I believe through the words of Joshua 3, we can begin to position ourselves for a wonderful new year of 2022. We start by putting a plan into place. And that involves listening to God. And then you consecrate yourself and prepare yourself spiritually. That talks about surrender. We used to sing a song, I surrender all, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. That's what it means to surrender, to consecrate, to prepare. And then you take that step. You get your big toe in the water. You take the first step of obedience. Maybe it's making a phone call. Maybe it's contacting a relative. Maybe it's putting that first $50 in the offering. Maybe it's just calling the church and saying, you know, I'm kind of interested in starting a small group. Whatever it is, you take the first step. That involves saying yes to God. And that's the most pivotal point. Because listen, friends, I'm going to have the worship team come and join me, but I want you to hear this. You can plan all day long. I know a lot of people that have a lot of plans, but that's all they do. They plan things. They never get anything off the ground. You can pray all day long. You can talk till you're blue in the face. But if you want God to make a walkway through the water, if you want him to pile up the waves and heap around you, you've got to take the first step. Right now, you and I, are one step away from the first steps of a new life, a life of victory, a life of satisfaction, a life of joy and fulfillment. And I encourage you, take that step. Would you stand with me? Bow your head, close your eyes. Lord Jesus, for just a moment, we stand in silence and we allow you through your Holy Spirit to speak to each of us as individuals. Show us, Lord, not the vision for the church, not the vision for our HOA, not the vision for our family. Show each individual in this building today and those watching online that vision of the promised land. 
And then, Lord, we're asking that you be gracious enough to help us to make a plan to walk toward that vision. And to prepare ourselves spiritually. And then, Lord, when the time comes, give us the courage to put our foot into the water. Thank you for Gia, who took that step in water baptism. Thank you for those that are in this building today that perhaps have not been in a church for years and years, but they came today. They took that step. Thank you for those watching live stream today or feeling the Holy Spirit nudge them into a new area of ministry. Help us, Lord, to be comfortable in our faith and take the first step knowing, God, that you're going to do miraculous things tomorrow. We love you. We're committed to you. We pray that you'll help us to be faithful servants as we enter this new year of 2022. In Jesus' name, amen.
to to your financial giving and your support. And so uh, we do want to welcome uh, our ushers forward as we enter into a time of giving. And um, this time for giving, I just want to encourage you uh, and thank you all for all that you give. Um, we're able to do all the things that I just mentioned because of that. And so uh, this is an act of worship through our finances to God. And so um, there's many options. Uh, if you call Wenatchee First Year Home, uh, you can give through here in person, but if you're watching online, there's a text to give number. You can mail your check into the church. You can set up recurring giving online by going to wfa.church/giving, and uh, there's many options. And so um, I'm just so thankful that we can take this opportunity to give right now. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, God, for this offering, Lord Jesus. God, we pray that all these finances, Lord, will go to all these needs to go to. Uh, uh, bettering our community and bettering the world, letting people know about Jesus and the hope that they have in you, God. So we thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the ushers pass the buckets, um, we have one more uh, opportunity for a special little um, uh, element to our service. We have Adam Guerra on the guitar, and we have Hope Schooley. They are going to be singing a special uh, musical number for us.
to see this baby wrapped in light a host of angels let them all to you it was just as the angels said you'll find him in a manger Hallelujah. Amen. We're so thankful for God sending his son. You know, there's power in his name and there's peace and joy and comfort. And this morning, we're just going to continue to talk about that and sing about that. So would you join me by standing to your feet as we sing Silent Night this morning? Silent night, holy 
is calm, all is bright round yon virgin mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight, glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace Jesus Lord at thy birth Jesus Lord at thy birth Thank you, Lord. It's you this morning, God, that we worship. We stand in gratefulness and thankfulness and awe of your name. Without you, Lord, there would be no hope in the world. And so we are grateful that today we stand forgiven with hope for the future. We can trust in your promises, Lord, that were laid out before us in your word. And God, we celebrate you. Jesus, our Savior and our God. You were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. You hid in glory in creation. Now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. 
What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater. What could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever, God, you reign. Cause yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name it is, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, God. You can be seated if you'd like. You're gonna be standing in just a few minutes, so I just know it. <laughs> and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He's the Alpha, Omega, Almighty, Christ our Savior, 
wisdom, wellspring, authority, creator, counselor, most high master, majesty, messiah, redeemer, refiner, teacher, triumphant, carpenter, perfecter, bread of life, son of man, the bright and morning star, ruler, restorer, rescuer, soul defender, reprover, reformer, awesome God, appointed one, fulfiller, servant, revelation, kinsman, the coming one, dwelling place, salvation, gracious giver, infinite, power, hope, sovereign, sufficient, water of life, receiver, example, foundation, friend, chosen, the forerunner, the governor, the minister, consolation, conqueror, leader, crucified, lawgiver, inheritance, intercessor, the quickener, incarnate, guardian, Israel's joy, encourager, good shepherd, refuge, strong tower, victory, praiseworthy, just judge, debt payer, the light, boundless, always there, magnificent, beautiful, crown jewel, potter, all reigning, bountiful, eternal, refresher, the hope of glory, only begotten, beloved son, altogether lovely, new song, omniscient, sanctuary, tabernacle, builder, Jehovah, redemption, redemption, our great gift, repairer, the fruit bearer, rock, fisher of men, peace speaker, cornerstone, the hope of hopes, Yahweh, star of David, the Passover lamb, divine, the rose of Sharon, word of God, the atonement, the ancient of days, Shiloh, worthy, king of the Jews, advocate, omnipotent, warrior, burden bearer, the living one, yesterday, today, tomorrow, he's the overcomer, he's invincible, infallible, everlasting, immortal, enduring, the Nazarene, El Shaddai, measureless, sanctification, the belt of truth, unchangeable, unmovable, ransom, the great physician, Hallelujah. He's the all in all. He's the spring of joy. He's the bridegroom. He's the holy one. He's the great I am. He's the righteousness, the foundation of life. He's the hiding place. He's precious. He's merciful. He's perfect love. He's glorified. He's the solid rock. He's the vine. He's the author and the finisher. He's the head of the church. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the resurrection. He's the risen Lord. He's Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's the Holy One. He's 
He's healer. He's lion of Judah, the lamb of God, advocate, deliverer, Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, redeemer. He's the chain breaker. He's the way maker. He's exalted. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the name above all names. His name is Jesus. Would you stand with me and just praise him tonight? Praise him this morning. He's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. Hallelujah. 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 Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. Just worship him this morning, church. Even with all those descriptive words about our Jesus, it doesn't even touch <laughs> the awesomeness, the all-powerfulness of our God. We love you, Lord. Can we, as his faithful church, declare it through this last hymn this morning? Oh, come, all you faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye, oh, come, ye to Bethlehem. Adore him. 
Christmas season, we celebrate tradition. We appreciate all the work that's gone in today's service, but we also realize the Holy Spirit is fresh and alive and sometimes wants to do something new. He wants to speak to us in a fresh way. This morning, our brother Zindel has a word from the Lord, and I just want Zindel to come and to give to us this fresh word from the Lord on this Christmas morning. Would you bow your head? Thank you, Lord. Yea, I have heard thy cry in the night, and yea, I speak to those with hair of white. That I've heard thy cry, where are you, God? And I say, I come to you today saying, you'll see afresh. You will hear afresh. You will sharpen your pens like days of old. When you wrote down the poems I give thee, and you will write afresh. And my spirit shall come upon you afresh. For it is not too late because there is life. For I have given you the breath of life. Oh, and it will reach those that are younger. Because yeah. they need to know that this my yeah. spirit is what's leading everything. It's yeah. by my spirit I say that it will happen. And those that have heard of not just the poems, but have been given songs in the night. Yea, I will visit you again afresh. I have not laid down. I have not, I have not forsaken you. But yea, I have come even today to lift you Thank up you, and let you know Hallelujah. that you are important to me. That you do have a job, saith the Lord Almighty. Mm. And I need you to spread out my spirit to the new generation. Hallelujah. And yea, the Lord. middle generations and mm. the young that Thank you're you raising. Lord. Yea, I'm charging you to know more of me than you've ever yeah. known before. Yes, Lord. To know me in an intimate way, Jesus. not by just head knowledge, but spending special time with me. Hey, yes, Lord. For yea, even the children that are in this room that hears my voice, saith the Lord will even be brought questions into their hearts and their minds. And you that are responsible, you that are the parents that I have set forth from the beginning of time. I have given you and I will give you the words to speak, to give them understanding if you will just study my word and know my spirit of what it is. Do not think this is strange, for my spirit will even grow more stronger as the day comes when I shall gather my bride for the final time. Are you ready, Hallelujah. saith the Lord? For yea, I'm walking up and down these rows, and I'm looking right at your heart. I'm not looking at anything else. I don't see your wallets. I don't care about your wallets, for see, I own everything. But do I own your heart? Give your heart to me today, saith yes. the Lord of God. Yes, Lord. And let his spirit draw you, let my spirit draw you, saith the Lord, that you will draw so close to him that when you dance, yes, Lord, 
that, that when you dance, there's some of you that's never, you haven't danced in your life, and some of you have danced, and you wonder, when will I dance in the spirit again? And yea, I say, I will give you that charge to dance before me like David. And you shall rejoice, saith the Lord, and I will make Thanks. a difference in yes. your life yes. and those around you. I will draw those that are lost in your family that you're worried about right now. There's somebody right back here that's worried about a family member, and God is going to draw them. Will you raise them up? Will you be an advocate for them right now? Call those things that are not as though they were right now in the name of Jesus. For I see your lost ones. Where can they go from my spirit? Nowhere can they go. Nowhere can they go, but my hand is there. Will you intercede for them? Will you stand for them when no one else will? When you've heard even family members say, I give up, don't give up. For there's breath in them, and if there's breath in them, there is life, and there I am. Thank you. Thank you. For it's not over. It's just beginning for my spirit to be poured out upon my flesh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God would give Thank you, you Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. The Holy Spirit often interrupts our life. <laughs> he interrupted the life of the Virgin Mary. And he said, surprise, <laughs> you're going to carry the Son of God. He interrupted the life of Joseph. And he often interrupts our lives. Maybe today is one of that moments that he has spoke to you. Maybe you need to surrender your life to the Lord. Maybe you need to continue to pray for that unsaved loved one. Maybe you need to step out in faith in that area of ministry that God is calling you. The Lord is here today and he has spoken to us through a multiplicity of ways. Now as we leave, it's up to us to respond to respond. We need to be obedient to what the Lord has asked us to do, to be the light, to be the workers in the field, to be that hand of compassion, that voice of forgiveness, that melody of hope. And I trust that as Jesus has come as our gift, our gift to him will be an open heart of obedience not just this Christmas season, but during this coming year. Will you sing it with me one more time? Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us Adore him, Christ the Lord. Father, we thank you for our time together on this Christmas Sunday. We thank you for the carols that reminded us of days gone by. 
Thank you for the children. Thank you, oh God, for the music that touched our heart and the dramatic reading that helped us to remember who you are. And God, thank you for speaking to us afresh and anew through the gift of the Spirit. And now, Lord, I just pray that we will respond appropriately, that we will go out from this place and that we will shine forth the light of Jesus in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our workplaces, that we might be your hands, your voices, that we might proclaim that Jesus Christ has come and he will bring hope into every situation. We love you, Lord. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for continuing to walk with us in the days ahead as we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.